Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. of Charnel forgot to brush her hair and Amber looks great. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I'm just kidding. This Have is you seen the curious. bags under these eyes? <laughs> yes, crime curious. Crime curious, crime curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And the reason that I mentioned hair is because we are bringing you the theme this week of murder hair, don't care. Dun, dun, dun. And Amber has a case for us today on the... Weird, weird man. Yes, he is a weird little man. (laughs) For sure. You actually were going to pick him for our Tiny Killers Week, Yes, I actually made note of that because I I wanted to talk about my Phil Spector history, which is the case I'm covering today. I started searching for, you know, hair killers, and there's an abundance. Hair killers. Bad hair (laughs) killers. (laughs) There's There's a lot of them. There really is. I had and no idea until we picked this theme. I know. And so I had a lot of contenders and the universe nudged me a little and, there, and was like, there's there's worse. And here's the Keep time. Keep searching. That's right. And there was Phil with his wigs. And um, I knew I had to wigs. cover. Okay. Um, a killer who wears multiple wigs. I mean. Yes. Seriously. How do we not put that on murder hair? Don't care. I know I I had to uh, because, yes, I did consider him for tiny killers week because he is also a tiny man. But then we we went another route. So here he is again. Tiny man. Big hair. Yes. (laughs) Very, very big hair. And when it's not big, it's just really bad, too. So that's that's maybe why he throws some weaves on. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I am. I know nothing. About him, about his situation. So I'm going to sit back and just enjoy. Yeah, this is... Wigtastic man. This is an interesting case. So I'm going to start out with some background about Phil for, for those that don't know I would appreciate it because I have absolutely no idea. I just know that he's supposedly famous, but I'm not sure what for and yeah. color me ignorant. But. Yeah. <laughs> he's So he is a man of many horrible hairstyles, and that's why you know he was selected for this week. But... He also is a convicted murderer. Before we get into the trial and the murder and those details, I want to tell you a little bit about him. Um, He is considered a famous celebrity status person. I would say his prime fame was kind of in the 60s, 70s. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about his upbringing, his childhood. Phil Spector was actually born Harvey Phillips Spector. On December 26th of 1939. He's most commonly known by the name of Phil Spector, or he's also gone by Phil Harvey in the past. Oh, okay. Man of of various names. Yes, yes. He was born to the parents. He was born to parents by the names of Benjamin and Bertha Spector. I'm just saying. I love a good Bertha. (laughs) Bertha is quite a name. Don't you feel like someone named Bertha just has got childbearing hips and a can moo-moo. cook a hell of a pie. Absolutely. That is what I picture for Bertha. Like yeah. a nice moo-moo. Yeah. Yep. Six to eight kids. Yes. Like, I'm sorry just to judge. Just running but it's, that shit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> holding that house down. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Get it, Bertha. Yeah. And I, I apologize for labeling any Berthas out there, but that is what Yeah, because I bet mind. you're all lovely people. Uh, I for mean. sure. For sure. So the Spectres were actually first generation Jewish immigrant family. The story of the family gets a little dicey, and I I do have questions that I probably will not find answers to. But so Benjamin, Phil's father, came from the Ukraine in 1913 to the United States, and he modified his American name to be George Spector. So Bertha's father, who also came, now I don't know that he came from the Ukraine. I didn't find that piece, but he also modified his American name to be George Spector. So he also was an immigrant. So the name changes were completed and witnessed by the same person for both fathers. Fathers, okay. And so this person's name was Sador Spector. So the similarities wow. in all of the names 
really made Phil question, and there is speculation that his parents may have been first cousins. Okay, because I was going to say, how, how... Mm, lots of specters. Do we just pull the specters out of our ass like right, that? Right, lots of specters. So there is some speculation that maybe mom and dad were, were cousins. All right. So... Who am I to judge? Right, a lot to process. Yes. Again, yes. I have questions. I didn't find... You know, additional information, but there could have been a little incestuous love. Okay. Incest, incestuous love going on. All so, right. So I'm going to shake off the ick. <laughs> just brush, brush that off. Brush it off really here. Quick. And then. Yeah, it's a lot to proceed. process. Phil was impacted tremendously around the age of 10 when his father committed suicide. Oh. That was really hard for the family. Rightfully so. Sure. So after the suicide, his mother told him that the family had to keep that a secret. They were to not speak of oh, it. No. Yeah. So it, yes, let's repress all that. Yeah, That's so it healthy. Was, mm-hmm. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't talk about it. You know, he had that at a, a young age to deal with too. That mm-hmm. we don't tell anybody what happened in the family. The loss of his father. Yes. So they moved to Los Angeles around 1953. His mother found work as a seamstress. It's hard for me to not feel bad for Tiny Phil as a child because I find a lot of information. He was smaller than all of the other kids, you know, on average. Same, Phil, same. Yeah, you can relate to this. <laughs> he was described as a very lonely little boy. Aww. He also was described in numerous reports as not the best looking. So, you know, obviously... We have trauma from dad being committing suicide. We Some have body image issues. Yes. Yeah, body image issues. And so I'm sure that he experienced some struggle during that time yes. as a boy. And it's okay. We are human. We can have empathy for baby yes, Phil. Yes, for little tiny baby Phil. Yes. So in one of the books that I read, it's called Tearing Down the Wall of Soul, which is a biography of Phil. One of his choir classmates referred to Phil as a birdie guy and a little twerp. Oh, yeah. There's many, many references to Phil and his appearance A birdie guy. I've seen pictures. That's spot on. A birdie guy is actually... Sadly, I did think that when I was reading it. I'm like, that's a really good description. And I love birds. I actually have them tattooed on myself. So (laughs) I really do love birds. But he is... He's birdie. He is birdie. He ends up being the type of bird that's a bully, but he is birdie. He's a little little birdie, a little... Just just a little pecker. It's fine. (laughs) Definitely a little pecker. Um, He wasn't athletic. He really was not a ladies' man. Um, The one thing that Phil had going for himself, though, is he was really, really smart. So... Well, God had to give him something. He gave him the brains. Okay. Not the beauty. Sure. The height. The athleticism. The muscular legs. Yeah. (laughs) But he was smart. Okay. So the choir mate that described him as bird-like also took notice of how well Phil could play guitar. That changed his impression of Phil a little bit. And so he also quoted in the book that Philip was very quiet. I love these quotes from this person because it ends up being one of Phil's friends. Oh, you know, okay. Class friends. So I think that's why they talked to him. The quotes are so good. He quoted, Phil was very quiet, very sensitive, a mouse-like little creature without a lot of confidence. <laughs> like, he's just really driving it home. Right, right. About Phil. <laughs> What he lacks in thigh muscle, he makes up for in gray matter. It's fine. Great guitar player. And he also went on to quote, but when he was playing music, he had a tremendous amount of aggression. So he was tearing that guitar up. (laughs) All right. Get it, Phil. So clearly when he had that guitar strapped around his, you know, chest, he was... His mousy... His body. little mouse body His mouse just went body. to town. Okay. So the two of them, and that boy's name was Michael Spencer. They became musical BFFs. They would talk about music, jazz, pop, classical music. So they really hit it off with that component of being into music. So the visits that Phil had with Michael, they were an escape from Phil's home life, which wasn't that pleasant after his father had committed suicide. It sounds like things got pretty difficult. With his mother. Yeah. I think mom was struggling with that loss still. 
And um, in the biography... Was Phil an only child? He did have siblings. Okay. He had two siblings, I believe. He had a sister who actually ended up moving out of the home at the age of 16 to get her own place. I think there was a lot of emotional abuse. Yeah. I did find in the biography, there's reference in the biography to Phil's mother saying things like, your father committed suicide because you're a bad child. No. Isn't that... That's terrible. Oh, you heinous, heinous woman. Yeah, so it sounds like she was just really psychologically damaging. And I'm assuming it was to had her own untreated mental health Mm -hmm. problems. Probably some insecurities believing that he committed suicide because of her and then he's transferring it onto or she's transferring it onto the kids and Mm -hmm. that is tragic yeah so these visits with michael they were kind of like his escape yeah and he would always go to michael's Michael's house. house yeah that makes sense and michael even talks about seeing phil's mother occasionally like when she would stop by to get phil or to check on him she was very very protective she was like a mama bird to her bird-like child. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she did not regurgitate food into his mouth, but really we don't not, know. But we, there's nothing confirming or denying. Right. So. But she was just very, like, protective, wanting to know where he was at all the at all times. and I'm not going to harsh on her about that. Helicopter mom. Yeah, that's all right. Would. I know. It's like, I get it. Yeah. It's, I do. Especially after suffering a loss in the family. Yeah. So Phil did manage to get himself a girlfriend around the age of 16. Bird boy. Yes. Get He's it. got some okay. skills. Okay. Um, her name was Donna Cass. She was a quiet, timid little person herself. All right. Um, Another, a little bunny. Yeah. Okay. And it sounds like he had to work hard to, to win her over because Donna really wasn't feeling Phil's mouth vibes <laughs> at the time. And so Donna quoted in the book uh, this about Phil. Not a handsome guy. Not at all. He was very pale and had no chin. Not really masculine. <laughs> but, now we're going after his chin. Yes. Oh. But Donna also found that, you know, behind that lack of physique that phil was very intelligent and she described him as being just brilliant like absolutely brilliant she's attracted to brains not brawn so yep she fell for that personality that that wit that he had donna had asked phil about his father as they started dating and phil originally had lied to her because it was supposed to be the family secret so he had said his father had a heart attack but Donna found out somehow that that was not true and that his father had actually committed suicide, which made Donna become even closer to Phil, taking that almost motherly sympathy. Okay, like, well, oh, he lost his dad. And so sure. they, he has no chin, but he lost yeah. his dad. It's a balancing act. It, it is. Like this poor chinless man yes. lost his father. Right. They became quite close for a while. Unfortunately, though, Phil began to exhibit a pattern that would stick with him through his life um, with women. He became very possessive, very controlling. Oh, boy. He would monitor her activities, where she was. He would hunt her down. Nope. Don't like that, Philly. Not cool, Phil. And we have this probably very insecure Phil. Well, of course, that... he, the man has no chin. Yeah, what do you do I mean, with no chin? Right. You may have a big brain, but people can see that you have no chin. Yeah, with the size issues, the, you right. know. Right, your mouse bird-like features. It's just unfortunate, <laughs> it Phil. It really is. So I am sure he developed some very significant insecurities. Right. Which... I'm probably caused this. Really starting to understand the big hair wigs. Right? Yes. What, what there age? is more um, information on those wigs, too, that okay. I actually didn't know until I researched this. So you will be, okay. you'll be, uh, I don't know if, if excited is the word, but maybe. People, all, all of our listeners understand what we mean by excited. We don't mean excited like I'm going to Disney World today. Mm-hmm. It's a curiosity excitement. Yes. That's a good way to describe it. Money was tight in the in the Spectre household, and so Phil began working jobs, bussing tables as a teenager. He worked hard, and he saved his money up. He bought his own car. He was working at a young age and, you know, helping his family out. People started to kind of take to his eccentric personality. Okay. And we talked about him being really good at playing guitar. Yeah. Well, he started to get into doing that more, and, and I think that kind of got him a little bit of... 
cool status. Yeah, some attention. That maybe uh, he ladies love a good guitar player. Dudes Absolutely. think it's cool. So yeah. he did kind of start to become this, like, hey, this guy's weird, but he can play guitar. Yeah. Kind of. It's like that weirdo that we all love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think he kind of took on If you don't have role. one of those in your life, get one. Get, get yourself a weirdo that mm-hmm. can play guitar. <laughs> so it was like this kind of conflicted. He is weird. And, and it, it's made very apparent that he was very eccentric from the beginning. Okay. Different kind of kind of guy musical genius and hmm. so he started playing guitar he started doing gigs um he started a band with some friends of course people started to notice because even the friends that were in the band said he was like light years ahead of of anyone else playing okay his guitar yeah he did like a local show talent show so he he started to really take off with this musical career at a very young age. Imagine um, how he could have taken over the world if he had like looked like one of the Beatles. Right. That everybody thought was so if he gorgeous. Had a gym, yeah. Top Imagine, of the world, baby. You know, God knew. I can't give you I can't all give the it things. all to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna take your chin away. <laughs> also some hefty legs. So But damn it you can play guitar. That's right. Be it, grateful it, for what you have. It, yes, yes. Could be worse. I struggled with how much of Phil's history to put in because we are talking about murder here shortly. I skipped a lot of the details kind of leading up to where he got famous. Um, Because we are not about to glorify. Yeah, great word. We are not here to glorify a murderer. Yes. And so I I skipped some of that. I respect that. I don't want to take away that he did work hard to build his own music career. Music career. So I guess the long or the short of it, because I don't know anything about him, he ended up being a... Musical producer. Producer. Okay. Yep. So I wasn't sure if he was like a famous guitarist or... So he's a music producer. Yep. So most of his fame comes from helping some pretty significant names, and I will mm-hmm. mention them briefly, but helping them produce their songs. Okay. By I'm the sure age... there's plenty of listeners, listeners that are like, Charno, how do you not know who Phil Spector is? But... I'm not a pop culture like gal, mm-hmm. and my husband's usually the one that has to keep me up to date on who's marrying who and right. who's reproducing with who, and I never know what's going on. Pop, In your pop defense, he does disappear for a while, which oh. we'll get to. Right. So, but by the age of 22, Phil was a millionaire. He had his own record wow. label, so he he could have had it hard. all, man, and he did for a while. Yeah, like he had he was living truly living his best life for a while. He went on to produce hits for the Beatles. Uh, let it be. Mm. That was that was Phil, the Righteous Brothers. Phil, that... I'm familiar with your work, buddy. I, right, and Damn. I and I didn't know these things either. Like I knew who he was. I knew he had produced music, but I didn't know some of the songs that he had produced. Like that. that loving feeling song. <gasps> Love that one. That was Philly Bird Phil? That was yep. you. Yep. Lots of Christmas. Uh, also, songs I too. said Bird Phil, not Bird, bird Flu. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. My allergies are so bad that I feel like I'm slurring my words together. Bird Phil, I know you. You know the war the war is over song that John Lennon did? Stop it. Yep. Oh my god. We're learning all kinds of things today. We are. I had no idea. So a lot of the articles I read too, they acknowledge it's like this conflicting, like, yes, he was successful. We don't want to take away from that, but we also don't want to brilliant music producer Mm -hmm. and produced some amazing songs, but at the end of the day. He is a complete shithead. Yes. Even if he hadn't committed this murder, he was still abusive. He still had okay. some tendencies, and we'll talk about right. that. So he was still a dick. Yeah, he was still He's a He's a tiny dick. little bird dick. He, okay. He is. Around 1974, this is when things kind of get a little weird. Well, let's say a little more weird. I was going to say. Um, you've already described a man who looks like both a mouse, a bird with no, no chin. chin. Yeah. So, so it gets, it's already pretty weird. And I have to say, like, Phil just really got the shaft. He was already really bad looking. And then in 1974, he had a really bad car accident. Oh, no. He was actually thrown out of the car, like, through the windshield. Oh. And they thought he was dead at the scene. And one of the police officers that had shown up was able to get a very faint pulse from oh, him. Shit. So they took him, obviously, to the hospital. He had to go undergo extensive surgery. He had 300 stitches in his face oh, no. and 400 to the back of his head. And I don't know why I'm laughing because I'm a horrible person, I guess. But, like, he already you know was unfortunate looking. Yeah. And then we have this piece. And now we have to completely this horrible accident. tenderize and I am his face. not laughing at the accident, like, at all because that's horrible. And it wasn't caused by, like, I mean, did they... You know, I didn't find the details of the cause, hmm. but 
It is no secret that Phil loved his pills and he loved his booze. Yeah, that's what I wondered. So, yeah. Okay. I, you okay. know, it could have been right. a factor. I actually would like to follow up on that because I didn't find, like, the, the cause of it. But I wouldn't be surprised because... So here we are Frankensteining his face back together with 300 stitches. Yes. Shit. Yep. Oh, and they still couldn't give him a chin? <laughs> I mean... Frankenstein Phil, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've already earned my spot in hell, so I've accepted that. Frankenstein Phil. I know, it's right next to mine. We have a front row seat, least, my dear. At least hell will be funny. Oh, shit. So this is actually... There's some speculation that this is why Phil started to wear his outlandish wigs, because... He had the significant scarring impairment in Uh his features after that. So, and was it mostly to the back of his head? Like, did he wear the wigs to cover up his hair? I, you know, I question how well he could grow hair after that. Yeah, yeah, that's because of the yeah, with the big scarring and stuff like that. So after the accident, which also he had significant head injury from this, obviously, like he landed on his head. Yeah. Um, So he had like brain injury. You mean? You know, I, I didn't see anything that's, that indicated, like, traumatic brain injury, okay. but it's kind of implied yeah. that I would think. he had some. So he got a little more weird after the Great. accident. Just what the world needed. Yeah. He became really reclusive. Um, so toward the late 70s, he started isolating okay. more. There's lots of reports with Phil that he was very Isolation isolated. never makes somebody more normal, mm-hmm. by the way. Right. It never helps. Right. I've never seen any case yet where it helped. No. <laughs> and it didn't help him either. So he did emerge to to produce some music still. Crawled out of his little mouse yes. hole to yes. produce music <laughs> and then go back to the nest. Yeah. So he would kind of like, you know, come out to do some things. He did an album for the Ramones. Ah, um, the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like how I say it, like I know them. I mean, they're not my neighbors or anything. I just yeah, I right. It's like, oh them. yeah, you know the Ramones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there was rumors that circulated around. It was about 1979 when he helped do this album for them. He would get like really pissed off and like pull a gun out in oh, during the sessions. Like if they weren't going. The way, you know, if the band wasn't playing the way they were supposed to, he would just, like, lose his Straight shit. Straight pull and, out the Glock. Yeah, pull the Glock out, shoot, no. like, up to the ceiling. Yeah. So. In studio? In studio. Amber, could you imagine if you kept messing up on the podcast <laughs> and just I just pull out a gun and start shooting the top of our studio? <laughs> Get your shit together! Right? I'm sure that would I make would you. die. <laughs> Like, I would partly be kind of impressed. Like, damn, she is not messing around. She is serious about this podcast. And I would, like, I'd never mess up again. Uh, but Ever. at the same time, you'd be literally sitting in your own shit right. after I, shatting yourself. I've never heard this album, but now I want to, knowing that they That's were... what they were up under against? The, under the threat of a gun while recording From it? a tiny little man right. wearing a wig. Yes. And he was small. I think he was like five three. Yeah, I want to say five three. Uh, all so right. this He's little an inch taller than I. Am. Yeah, this little bird guy, like with his gun. Yeah, so he became very Holy like shit. very impulsive anger, and, and there was reports of anger before too. Yeah. I didn't mention that. So Phil, Google it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some like clips of him and, okay. and whatnot. But so Phil became very reclusive, but he also he loved him some guns and he loved him some drugs. Wow. So things were just getting yes, the two things that go together so well. Right, brain injury, guns, drugs. And drugs. Mm-hmm. What a combination and a small Napoleon complex. Cool, cool, cool. Right. We're on a good track here. So Phil was married. He married Ronnie Spector, which obviously she took his last name, but she was born Veronica Yvette Bennett. She was from the, the group The Ronettes, which they sang that, like, Be My Little Baby song. Oh, Remember okay. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were married from about... Wait. Nine... Be My Little Baby. Yeah, yeah. That song. Okay, okay. So they I were. Love that song. I know. I know. Okay, right. When I was reading all this, I'm like, you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so, lots of different facts with this case. They were married a short time, about 1968 to 1972. Oh yeah. And Ronnie, after the marriage, went on to write a memoir of a geisha. Of, yeah, <laughs> of a geisha, <laughs> to speak about how abusive Phil was. 
Okay. She talked about being a prisoner in their mansion. Sure. She couldn't leave. She couldn't do anything. Oh, poor Ronnie. Um, he, Phil would threaten her life with guns. I was just going to say. With, with the guns. Gun. Mm-hmm. That man and his guns and threatening to kill her if she ever left. They also... I think we all know what he's overcompensating for with I the think, guns. I think we do. I don't even need to say it. We always know. We do. He, apparently they had a coffin in their basement, Shut which your face. just like adds to his weirdness. For I have his no visiting vampire idea. friends. I don't know if he slept in. I don't just know. in case the count came to visit. Maybe because he could, because he had the money. Right, but there was a you coffin in the basement. I'm a millionaire. You know what I need to have? A coffin. A coffin. I have a sound studio that looks really kind of weird in my basement if people didn't know we had a podcast, so it is a dark padded room. If the (laughs) podcasting equipment wasn't in here. It looks real suspect. I would have questions for for sure. sure. (laughs) But he would threaten to put Ronnie in the coffin. He would threaten to kill her and, you know, bury her in the coffin. To be honest, the threat of being put in the coffin alive is scarier to me than the thought of someone killing me and putting me in the coffin. Absolutely. It, this was really oh, abusive. Poor Ronnie. Ronnie did escape the Thank goodness. the relationship. The report is that she escaped barefoot out of the out of the mansion with the help of her mother. So it was like she had to flee. <sighs> wow. She surrendered custody to Phil after she got out of the relationship. No, I shit. don't know the ins and outs, but I'm guessing it was so controlling and abusive that yeah. she. I don't know if it was just like I can't do anymore. This I is the only way out. I have to save myself. But mm-hmm. so the boys ended up with Phil. There was an article just briefly. I don't find a lot about those the boys, but it did describe him as being very abusive to the boys. Oh, no. And one of the boys quoted, it was a thin line between love and hate with, oh, with Phil. Gosh. So it sounds like it was pretty rough. It sounds like he rode that line most of his life. Yes. In all facets of his life. Yes. It's like he had these moments of being really brilliant, you know, doing these amazing things, but this dark side that was abusive. Oh. Controlling. Possibly came from ancestral breeding. Yeah, his parents were cousins, possibly. I mean, the guy had a lot. If that won't leave a dark mark on your DNA, I don't know what will. He was dealing with a lot. I did find information, nothing officially confirmed, but articles suggesting that Phil had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. He was on medication, consistent with schizophrenic symptoms. Sure. So we had some significant mental health issues mm-hmm. going on. On top of drugs and guns. On top of the, the booze, the guns. And then the possible traumatic brain injury. And yeah, we've got a lot Cool. cool. This on. is a complete formula for rainbows and butterflies. And the more that it just like progressively gets worse, you just picture this like little man with this wig on like going mad in his mansion. And now I'm just picturing him with just like being, yeah, um, shooting. Oh my God. What is that guy on Looney Tunes? Yosemite Sam. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is who I'm picturing. Yeah. The big hat. His, he's tiny. He's got to shoot his guns all over the time. Yes. All over the place all the time, I mean. Yep. And he had, like, a plethora of gun collection. Other women, not just Ronnie, did come forward with allegations that Phil had been abusive. No um, surprise there. We will get to the trial here very shortly, but they did come forward during that time. One of them was a British pianist named Devra Ro- Robitali. I'm not okay. sure if I'm saying that right. She reported that Phil had threatened to shoot her with a gun if she left the mansion and held it to her head. Freaking terrifying. Phil, yeah. please stop. And I'm not sure like the events that lead him to act this way, if it was just an impulsive thing, like when he was producing music where he's just like, you know, yeah, pulls the gun out. Pretty, like, or any time that he just gets angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But or this, feels frustration. Yeah. Apparently this was a thing. I've seen other people with brain injuries where that is a thing. Like yeah. if they get mad, it is zero to 5,000. Yeah. Like that. Right. I not eat Not sure chocolate. if that's what was going on. Some right? people pull out guns. Okay. Yeah. So Phil, throughout the 80s and 90s and even into the early 2000s, we don't hear a lot from Phil. He has, like, disappeared. He goes down to his mouse hole. Yes. He is in his (laughs) mouse cave. Mansion. By himself. He doesn't do a lot in that time. He did get a couple Grammys around 2000. Like how we're just casually mentioned. He did get some awards. A couple Grammys, no big deal. Um, You know, the huge. And he did have some attempts to make some more music in the 2000s, but it didn't go well. I think at this point, he's probably, like, really 
pretty strung out. Significantly mm-hmm. struggling. Socially awkward because yeah. he's been in his mouse cave. Yeah, he emerged to try to work with Celine Dion. I'm just picturing him crawling out of the earth all pasty oh, and awkward. Like, not knowing how to socialize. Way disheveled, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, and just at like, rock bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tried to work with Celine Dion, but they, they had a falling out with the production team. And he, there was another project that he tried to do, but they fired him from the production team. So I'm just picturing this, like, emotionally unstable man. Yeah, and it's just not That's going not able well to even work anymore. anymore. Mm-hmm. So after the career is kind of plummeting, we get to the point where the incident occurs. So on February 2nd, 2003... Phil leaves his mansion to go on a date. And let me tell you, okay, Phil's dating life, it's not fair. Let's just say that. Was it surprisingly strong for for, a bird-like character? For what he lacked in his career at the time, we were still thriving in the the love life, Of course, you did say that he exited his mansion. Yeah, so So, he... you know. He leaves the mansion. Sometimes Um, ladies can overlook character flaws and visual flaws for For a big wallet (laughs) i am not one of those people if you have a poor character i don't care how much money you have because you're not getting with this no not happening he heads out for a date sure at the grill on the alley in beverly hills grill on the alley must not have been like a mind-blowing date because (laughs) phil and his driver take the, the date back to her residence like shortly after. And so Phil goes back to the grill on the alley and oh. to pick up a second date. Okay. Um, it was a server that had been working there. So I don't know if he was like, I like what I see better here. Holy shit. And could you imagine being that girl, like totally knowing what's going on? Like he is trying to pick up the waitress right now right. while he has me on a date. Hey, um, and then all of a sudden he's just like, you know what? Yeah. It's time to take you it's home. About, it's about time oh, to wrap this it's up. It's 735. Time to take your, ho- your See butt you later. home. I want to get you home at a decent time. Yeah, so they take her home. He goes back. He takes this other girl. And they, they go around to a few different establishments that night. Wild. And they, they end up at the House of Blues around midnight. All right. So Phil meets a woman by the name of Lena Clarkson at the entrance of the VIP room. And apparently he liked what he saw better. Oh, my God. Then the second date. So Phil tells the driver, picking women throughout the night, right? So Phil tells the driver, take the second date home. Time for her to go home now. And so Phil ends up with Lena for the rest of the evening. Eligible bachelorette number three. Yep. And this driver has got to be exhausted. Oh, for sure. He's like, I don't get paid enough for (laughs) this. So about 3 a.m., Phil arrives back at the mansion with Lena. It's been a long night for Phil. It it has. A very eventful night. The driver is apparently waiting in the car during this time oh, when they go back to the mansion. it's been a longer night for the driver. He's probably like, I know this doesn't last long. I'm not even getting out of the car. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm not. I don't know if that was the case. But he waits in the car. Yeah. Oh, then while for they go sure. He knows. Mansion. Yeah, yeah. So there in five is... minutes, she's going to need yeah. a ride home. <laughs> right. I'm not getting out of this right. car. We've I'm been here that. before. Yeah. About an hour later, Phil's driver, whose name was Adriano, and I'm sorry if I butcher this, Adriano de, de Souza? Adriana or Adriano? Adriano. I'm okay. sorry. Adriano. All right. So he heard a gunshot from the mansion. Oh. And then he witnessed Phil exiting the mansion with a gun. And a bloody hand. Okay, with the exception of the bloody hand, from what you've told me about this man before, I wouldn't think the gunshot or him exiting like with a, a gun. Right. Yeah, it's like a Wednesday. Yes. He's raising eyebrows. Phil's got his gun again. <laughs> right. But I just feel like he's probably this time like, oh shit, bloody, bloody hand. Yeah. Right. So when Phil exited the mansion, he stated, and this was what Adriano testified to, that Phil stated, I think I just killed someone. So it finally happened. All my erratic shooting landed. Adriano was probably like, you don't say. Right. So Adriano was was like very panicked at this point. Sure. Um, he calls, before he calls 911. He doesn't get paid enough for this shit. Right. He's like, I, I was going to take this God. girl home and, right. you know, call it a night, but. So Adriano first calls Phil's manager, and he leaves a message. Like, they play all this stuff in court. And yeah, it's 3 He is clearly, like, panicked yeah. because he knows there's this dead woman 
in the house. Yeah. Or the shot woman. He knows there's right. a woman that's been shot in the house. So he leaves the, the manager a message saying, I, I think Kill just... Kill. Kill just <laughs> filled someone. <laughs> um, the message said, I, I think Phil has just killed someone. Call me back. Like, I don't know what to do. Adriano does end up calling 911 after that. I think he was panicked and didn't know what to do. So okay. he called the manager first, like, okay. we've, someone help me. We've seen that before. Right. Like, Why was that your first call? But all right. And apparently when they played this recording in the trial, Phil was, like, shaking um, when they played this. Just a little tidbit. Shaking in his little in bird his little feathers. Wig, huh? His bird wig. His bird wig. <laughs> Adriano does call 911. There's a very frantic recording stating, I think my boss just killed somebody. Can you please send the the car is what he says. Adriano doesn't speak very solid English. So I think oh, he was saying the pol- trying right, to say the police. Right. But or an ambulance. Like, send the car. <laughs> send something. This poor guy. It's the only word he knows because that's what his job is. is right. To drive this man around. Right. Adriano, um, he did witness Lena's body in the, the foyer of the mansion. He went in briefly or he was able to visualize, to get a visual of the body. Her legs were, were sprawled out. There was blood surrounding her everywhere so he made the calls and then he got the hell out of there because <laughs> the bill's still like lingering or like he like ran off and to the darkness or something like oh, bill's still around oh my god he he went into his little mouse hole yeah somewhere <laughs> and i don't mean to laugh but just the picture of this like maddened guy yes like, tiny man know. roaming around so adriano said he got the hell out of there because he Not was no, afraid that, that he, he was, was going to be next yes yeah the, i don't blame him yep i would have done the same like, thing i've done what i could i called nine one one. now it's time for me to get out of here yeah and it's also that phil was pretty loaded up on the pills and booze sure night so we already mm-hmm. like we have he's shot someone he's pumped full of pills and booze right, right exactly and so i i, I would have i would have gotten out of there too this is a complete recipe for disaster mm-hmm. so he did his due diligence and he left the mansion the police arrived shortly after this around about 5 five thirty a.m and they find lena in the entrance to phil's mansion and they, <laughs> i don't i don't know if i mentioned this yet but they Phil describes his mansion as a, a faux castle, and he had a, oh, a name for the castle. Just say called, no more, right? faux castle. It just gets even more, like, maddening. It gives us a visual Like this image. evil, like, villain type yes. of... Now the coffin makes sense. Right. It's in the castle. He called it his Pyrenees castle. That was the mansion. His Pyrenees castle? Yep. So wow. we're just getting like more weird and more, you know, yep. twisted as the as the time goes on. A little bit about Phil's side of things in all of this. Before the trial and throughout the course of the trial and even until Phil dies, he remains very diligent that he did not kill Lena Clarkson. Huh? He remains very adamant he did not shoot her. She shot herself. There was another statement from a witness. I believe it was another police officer that had witnessed him saying he didn't mean to shoot her. So there's a little bit of back and forth between him saying that she had had the gun in her hand and pulled the trigger herself and that it was an accidental shooting. So there's a little bit of somewhere in the inconsistency. middle. Is, yeah, where he's trying to lay himself. Phil's story was that Lena had asked to see his gun collection because, as we know, the man had one. And yes, so and he, on a first date, women often want to see the gun collection. They, they always want to see the guns. And so he like left the room briefly and came back and Lena was holding one of the guns and she put it to her mouth. He also stated that she was on a bunch of pills. Okay. You know, they had been drinking. And so he kind of made it sound like she was this not is, in a good state. This is making more sense. She had beer goggles on. He had a chin in yeah. the beer goggles. You know what? It all makes sense yeah, now. It does. Now I get it. So she uh, pulled the trigger herself. That's okay. what Phil sa- has, you know, said this mm-hmm, whole just time. right there in front of him in the foyer. Mm-hmm. So there's always been this question of, did he shoot her intentionally? Did, was it an accident? Or did she shoot herself? There's, you know, that's been the debate with this. On September 24th of 2004, Phil was charged with the murder of Lena Clarkson. um, And that did reside heavily on the testimony from the driver that he had been witnessed saying. Yeah. "Mm -hmm." 
I think I just killed somebody. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he was arrested. He did bail himself uh, out on a million dollar bond. Of course. Of no course. big deal. Mm-hmm. So he remained free until the trial, which didn't take place until 2007. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. This is 2003 to 2007. Yeah. So four years, out. he's just weirding it. Yeah, just in his little faux castle. In, it in, in the faux castle. Yeah, I was blown away by that too. He was actually arrested and charged on, in 2004. Trial did not begin until April 25th, 2007. Okay. Holy bananas. So the arguments began for the case, and I do have to add this in. So Phil made a grand entrance to his trial. Sure. As um, the owner of a faux castle would. Yes. Like, how, what else would you do? Yeah. One article I read said that Phil just was described as acting as if he was returning to the spotlight. He was sporting an extravagant wig and the court wig. Oh, my God. The world needs to see the court wig. It's like the biggest mass of hair I've ever seen on a human head. It probably sheds all over the place. Oh. By the way. For sure. The teasing. Halloween wigs. Drive me insane. I find oh, them the ha- around the my house. Yes, mm-hmm. my house. All- it's worse than a St. Bernard. I want to know what kind of hair he had as like a fancy millionaire. Like, a, yeah. like what kind of hair was this wig? But- it was from Halloween USA. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. You know what? We're going to assume it was. <laughs> but the level of teasing to this wig is like, it is off it took the hours. charts. <laughs> yes, it is like it's the biggest mass of teased oh hair I've ever gosh. seen. We will Again, post a photo. We are compensating for our Napoleon complex. For sure. With our large hair. So Phil entered surrounded by numerous bodyguards. Like he had a ton of bodyguards. I love it. And it was reported that, <laughs> I love this. It was reported that he was wearing a Rococo style outfit. So it was like a big show. <laughs> It's just so weird. Style outfit. It's just so weird. Oh, wow. So he made a grand, you know, this was like a big deal. We've seen this with other people, too, with their trials. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like a chance to be in the spotlight. Manson. Mm -hmm. Just to name one other creepy little person. Yep. Mm -hmm. Phil Spector's attorney at the time, her name was Linda Kenny Baden. (laughs) I bet Linda was just like, oh, Christ's sake, Phil. (laughs) I think she was kind (laughs) of like, WTF, Phil. (laughs) Come on. What is this? She's probably like spitting out part of his hair. Like every time he turns, his <laughs> wig goes and hits her in the face. And she's like, like I said, your honor. <laughs> every time he turns, the teaser is like in her <laughs> Shedding all over her paperwork. She's like pushing it away. Right. Yeah. She pe- just to push past it to peek around to the judge. Splitting the wig yes. open. Yes. I'd like to think that that's how it happened for sure. Um, she she really tried to put the emphasis on the theory that Lena Clarkson had shot herself. Uh-huh. She argued that the the angle at which Lena was shot would have been difficult for Phil to to do. Okay, and also apparently he was wearing like a white coat that night, and she argued that that coat would have been absolutely covered in blood had he shot her from that angle, that close of range, and the the coat apparently just had a little bit of blood splatter on it. So okay. or spatter. She really tried to paint that picture with the the forensics that like there's no way that this could have happened from the angle she was the, that the gun, you know, was was in her mouth. What and you might get to this, but did forensic confirm with that <clears throat> so evidence? I'll just I'll add it in right now. There was an autopsy done mm-hmm. and the person that did the autopsy did testify that it's highly suggested that the gun was forced into Lena's mouth. Okay. So her lawyer is trying to argue against the forensic mm-hmm. evidence, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, Linda's got to do what Linda's got to do. Linda's got to but... do it. Yeah. The defense also argued that poor Adriano, and he was also described as like awkward, like in the court hearings. Poor, oh. he, this poor guy got, he was so dramatized. Right. He was just a driver. Right. Who you know? didn't speak good English. Right. That's even, there's a language barrier. So they tried to argue that his English was was really poor and that he was so frightened upon learning someone had just died that he automatically went to assuming that he had heard Phil say this and that he assumed that Phil had murdered her. Oh, yeah, that he was, okay. Yeah, so they were trying to say that Adriana wasn't a credible source because he was in panic. And the prosecution focused on Phil's history of abuse towards women 
his unpredictable and violent behavior. Phil's ex-wife and there were other women that testified to his violent acts toward them in the past. Yeah. That he had pulled the guns out, as we had mentioned before. One woman saying that he had actually put the gun to her head. Yeah. The prosecution stood firm that Phil had put the gun into Lena's mouth and pulled the trigger. Yeah. On September 10th of 2007, the jury gets this case. Uh, they have it for about eight days and about 43 hours of deliberation. 43 yep. hours. They try to decide on a verdict for Phil, but they cannot. And so this blows too distracting. Mind. Yeah, it was it was the wig the whole time. Oh, yeah. So the the jury announces after all this time they are just not able to reach a verdict. They were ten to two split oh, no. with ten in favor of conviction, two in favor of not. So the judge declares a mistrial on September twenty sixth of two thousand seven. Mind you, this is five years wow. after this woman was murdered or had died. At this yeah. point we you know at this point, he has not been convicted. So this gave Phil a period of freedom. And this this part blew my mind because it's like, it's like with the jury, like most of us think you did yeah. it. A yeah. few aren't sure. But, you know, here you go. Here you go. You're free to you go just... for a while. It's so crazy. It is. So Phil is free for about 13 months waiting wow, for his just trial. continuing to be weird. Yes. And I want to mention, too, during this time, Phil did marry again. He had married in 2006 to his girlfriend named Rochelle Short. And that would have been just prior to all of his legal battles. (laughs) I'll leave the obvious jokes about her last name out. It's it's too perfect. Yes. It's too perfect. So Rochelle was 26 at the time and Phil was like 68. I forgot to mention his exact um, age at that time. But he was much older. And I'm sure this marriage was for love. I'm sure it was, you know, nothing to do with she was trying to. Listen, 26-year-olds have a lot in common with 60-year-olds. Oh, they do. Okay, it is love. It has nothing, nothing to do with the celebrity status, Mm -hmm. the faux castle mansion, the millions. No, nothing. Nothing. And she was also trying to make a musical career for herself. Oh, I'm sure that had nothing. nothing. That's just coincidental. So they, you know, they do get married. And so she was with him through yeah, all of this stuff kind of in the background. the love of her life. The mm-hmm. bird love of her life. <laughs> Absolutely. I've always had a thing for birds. Mm-hmm. Phil was perfect. Maybe, yeah, maybe she did have a thing for, you know, bird-like men. Yes. I don't know. I did kind of, I found that like afterwards because they don't make mention of her a lot. But then it was like, oh, wait, he did remarry in 2006. And by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also reported she never felt unsafe around him. They so, married in 2006 when he is out on bail for she's like, this, a murder. <laughs> this seems like a good man for me. She makes good choices, I can tell. Already. Yeah. Just so, from the little bit I know about her. Here's mm-hmm. a girl who makes good choices for herself. Oh, you're awaiting a murder murder trial? Sign me up. My type of guy. <laughs> Come to mama. But you also have like $50 million. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She said that she never felt unsafe around him. She was probably like, don't take mama's riches. Like, I am I will not say that this man is abusive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But she never mm-hmm. indicated any abuse from yeah. Phil. He's also getting up there in age, so... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, know. it might get harder for him to wield his guns. Right. 26-year-old versus yeah, pushing right. 70. She can take him down with her thighs. She could. So on October 20th of 2008, Phil's freedom um, does come to a halt as he's back in court for his retrial. Okay. They've so, had two years of marital bliss. Yes. I'm sure. I am sure it was wonderful during that time. So the argument of the prosecution immediately begins this time with the emphasis on Adriano's testimony that he heard Phil say, I think I killed someone. He saw him with the gun in his hand. He saw the blood. Yeah. Um, so they really focus on on that this time. So apparently the theatrics from the first trial were a little bit toned down. Phil comes in with a more simple wig. Not as many bodyguards. It's not as big. Right. We went from six bodyguards to four. So, yeah. I think we went from a 10 inch wig to five. Sleek, simple. Know, yeah. And then his wife was. No dreadlocks. Yeah. No, no dreads. No Rococo style outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. He's definitely like, to- he's toned it down at this yeah. point. His daughter wife sitting next to yep. him. Yep. 
So she was Happy she was family. there. The first trial, they they focused on those forensics of the blood spatter and this this couldn't likely happen. The science of it, yes, mm-hmm. and arguing that case of did did he kill her or did Lena pull the trigger herself? So this trial, they switched gears and focused on Adriano and his testimony. And his testimony stayed consistent with you know between the two between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, he replayed. Phil running out of the house, what he said. I mean, he stayed pretty strong during that during that trial. Because he lived it. Yes. I mean, when you're not lying, it's not hard to stay consistent because that's the truth. Absolutely. And you lived it. And when that trauma happens to someone, they remember it like it was mm-hmm. yesterday. Yep. The prosecution this time argued that if it was not someone like Phil Spector that had a ton of money, millions of dollars, that this case would not have gone on for so long. Right. Which I don't disagree with that. And especially when there was significant evidence pointing to his guilt. Yes. Good for them on bringing that to light. Mm -hmm. I did mention the autopsy was performed, and it did indicate that the gun had been forced into Lena's mouth. Apparently there were some teeth missing. Oh, see. So, you know. and That's huge. I feel like that was maybe discredited uh, around Mm -hmm. the first the first time. So unfortunately, Phil does not get so lucky the second time oh. around. On April 13th of 2009, wow. the jury found Phil Spector guilty of secondary murder, and he was sentenced to 19 years in state prison. Mm-hmm. After a, how long do we have? Six years? Mm-hmm. From 2003 to 2009. Yeah. Yep. Not good at math here. Me neither. <laughs> Care- Social worker. <laughs> um, <laughs> So he, after the stretch of time, he was finally found guilty. He was put in prison and he did spend the remainder of his life in prison because at this point he is a senior citizen. You right. Know, with this, when this all finally came to an yeah. end. I do love this part too. Phil did end up filing for divorce from his second wife around 2016. Oh, his child bride? Yes. Because she was basically blowing all of his money outside of uh, prison and this article I read said that she was only leaving him like $300 a month in his like court account. So he was like, I'm done. All right. So hold on, hold on. Let's rethink her whole strategy. I meet this guy who's out on bail for a murder charge. He's going to prison. He's going to prison. I marry him. I get to spend. All right. I take it back. Maybe she's not so dumb after all. Sounds kind of reasonable now that you put it that way. All right, child bride. I... I get you. I get you. Picking up what you're putting down. All right. Yep. So she apparently was spending a lot of his money. She bought an airplane. She bought, like, she was doing big. We're not just talking $4,000 Louis Vuitton purses. We are talking a whole private airplane. Yes. Like, she was truly living her best life. Mama could spend it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Phil is like, Airplane's not the first thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, maybe. I know. I, I don't know if it would be the top of my list, but then I might just do it if I could wow. like i can buy a plane so i'm just gonna so I'm do gonna, it gonna because then i you know i don't have to ever fly commercial again they were married for a stretch of about 10 years damn which, 10 years so she's she's got rights mm-hmm. to his 401 right so they i mean she she was able to enjoy life for yeah. for some time okay but he did separate from her phil actually just died this year no uh, shit january 16th of 2021 to complications from the Rona. He got the Rona. He got the Rona. The Rona took mm-hmm. him. Wow. So he spent the remainder of in his prison? life in prison. I knew he had passed away recently. Um, He was wow. 81 when he died. I knew he had Still passed away. Still a pretty away. damn long life. Yeah, I, mean, I, really. didn't, I didn't know it was from the Rona, but okay. it was. I do want to bring up, there's a movie, and I actually watched the movie. It's called Phil Spector and Al Pacino. Creative. Yeah, right. <laughs> Al Pacino actually plays Phil Spector in this movie and Hel- Helen Mirren, who I love, uh-huh. plays his attorney. Uh-huh. And the movie had a lot of controversy surrounding it because the movie really does kind of in a sense advocate for Phil's innocence. Oh, and okay. So it got some criticism because it ignored some of that significant evidence that, that was shows that him. he murdered someone. And mm-hmm. it's hard too because I love me some Al Pacino. Yeah. So seeing him in that court wig, it was like a it was a divine experience. <laughs> That's a picture you sent me, right? Yes. It was a divine experience. I could not handle. Y'all should either watch the movie or google it because that was really something. It was a treat to my Friday night. And so there's a likability, but it's Al Pacino does a really good job portraying that eccentric personality. Sure. 
And so you like the character that El Pacino created. Yeah, the the movie mm-hmm. really depicts like the relationship between his attorney and and he didn't have the uh, that same attorney the second time around either. Oh, okay. But she was like a feisty like firecracker. Do you think after the first time, the first trial that attorney was Linda was just like, "Oh fuck, no, I'm not I taking can't. your case again." I can't. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not sure what the circumstance was. The movie portrays that she was sick during the time. Okay. But the movie also does at the beginning say like this is fictional. It's not right. to portray, but it is pretty close. Pretty mm-hmm. close, but again, it had some some scrutiny with with some things almost sure. portraying that he was innocent. I could see that. Um, that would be hard. Like yeah, you, I, you probably this was a convicted murderer. Uh-huh. I mean, not to say that we can't get convictions wrong, but when the forensic evidence when you tell me that her teeth were knocked out, uh-huh. that gun was forced in her mouth. Uh-huh. She didn't put that gun in her mouth herself. I know. And so it's just high know, on pills or not. Right. I mean So that's it you know, a lot of Stuff on Phil that I didn't wow, know. Yeah, I didn't know that the they had to do a retrial on him. His attorney that covered the case the first time, you know, they kind of interviewed her after that movie. She still remains very adamant that she feels he is innocent to this day. Really? She probably has to, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say it might she be, believes he's innocent. Might be part of their legal contract, or we'll maybe the relationship she had with him. She had really believes time, it. Yeah, picturing him actually capable of murder. Because the movie does portray that they they had some kind of not like not like not a romantic. relationship, mm-hmm. but kind of the dynamic between the two of them, a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. It is hard to believe um, bad things about people that we grow fond of, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, interesting. interesting. Little yeah, spin. I didn't know any of that, mm-hmm. so I found that case to be very interesting. That is your Phil Spector one hundred and one today. Murder hair don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that hair. That hair. Look it up. We will post pictures as well. And that without the hair, mm-hmm. we you need to see both. Mm-hmm. His attorney actually mentioned, too, in the interview that she was almost kind of, like, upset that people decided to, like, make fun of Phil for his hair. Like, that's something, you know, that shouldn't define him. Uh, ma'am, <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> If you see those wigs. He did it to himself and he wanted the attention. Very it's much part so. of his eccentric persona. And that is what got him, even at a, at a young age, his eccentric mm-hmm. ways about him, the attention that's that he, he wanted. Out. Yeah. So yeah, you don't that's wear a Rococo style outfit you for don't. no reason. You don't. Just to blend in. Right. No. <laughs> What's what's the crowd wearing today? Rococo. Rococo. That's it. And I get that he spent most of his life in a cave, in his faux yeah. castle, castle. But he still has to know that's not how the public typically dresses. So he wasn't trying to blend it. Right. Good For Lord. sure. That's funny. Do you have a brain bath? Uh, this one is good. I really, I really enjoy it. The title of this article... And thank you, New York Post, for blessing us. Man busted trying to steal full rack of ribs stashed in his pants. <laughs> because where else are you going to put them? Right? And I want to show you this man because it looks like he's truly satisfied. Like, the ribs might still be in his pants. <laughs> the ribs like, are for certain still in his pants based on that look yeah, on his he, face. He looks like... He's saying, like, it was worth it. It was. Those those were going to be some damn good ribs. A Florida man with a feast stuffed in his pants was arrested trying to sneak out of a grocery store, police said. And I don't know how to say this name, so I apologize. Mayali, Mayli Elevera's Aguilar, 26, was taken into custody on a petty merchant theft charge after walking out of the Rhine's Market store in Indian Town on December 15th. An arrest affidavit said that Aguilar, quote, removed a full rack of ribs from his waistband. A, a fr- full A full rack. rack. There is some room in those pants. There has got to be because a further search uncovered. Nine pieces of fried chicken, two packs of hamburger buns, and some mashed potatoes. (laughs) I don't want to know where the potatoes were. had a fucking Thanksgiving dinner up in there. literally had a feast. Oh, shit. The police said that Aguilar, who smelled of booze and was intoxicated, swiped the items from the store. Wow. And that is your... 
brain bath for today. I, I love that, that one. A, that's a lot of stuff to have in one man's so pants. So many things in those pants. Um, and then, like, when you get home, you're just... Yeah. Here's just dinner, everyone. Yeah, like, here we go. Pull the rack of Come to cell. daddy's pants. Get yeah. some mashed potatoes. Come here. Oh, my God. Oh. I mean, if you're going to do it, you do it big. You can't just steal uh, one rack of ribs. You got to have all the trimmings so to go with it. Not only the only thing this... that was missing was the baked beans. Right? <laughs> and dessert. He just got caught before he could get to them. <laughs> oh, wow. That's... He's my hero for today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. All right. Well, please fo- feel free to follow us on all of our socials. It really helps us when you guys rate and review us, share our stuff, and talk to us on social media it tells all the algorithms that you know we're worth putting into people's news feeds we're worthy we're worthy yeah so that would be great and we hope that you keep it curious and we hope you keep listening and until next time bye guys bye